Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Oh, wow. Today has just been really, really exciting. Is anyone else excited with what they're hearing and what is going on? Because I am. It has been completely incredible. The news today are so quiet. And so focused on just the earthquake. We're hearing things about Argentina, but not much. So I'm here to tell you a lot of things that are going on in Argentina. Uh, One thing's for sure. We're not getting a lot of smoke into our faces from the global media in regards to our president. It seems that they're not that focused. Or... Actually, they're pulling away the focus before anyone figures out what's going on. And I'd have to say that I am so excited at what the Saudi Gazette got to catch on Hot Mike. I'm going to play it for you guys. But before I do, I want to play a clip when President Trump announced the signing of the USMCA. That is the U.S.-Mexican-Canadian Agreement. Remember, not NAFTA, U.S.-Mexican-Canadian Agreement. Because I watched the whole announcement, and Trudeau was referring to it as a new NAFTA, rather than, no, it's not a NAFTA, it's something that the president decided to get signed. And you'll have to notice that all their podiums have our president's seals. You'll also have to notice that the president of Mexico, who is no longer going to be president tomorrow, was the one that was signing it. And here's what President Trump had to say. Mexico-Canada agreement. So important. I'm honored to be here with President Enrique Peña Nieto, become a great friend of Mexico, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who has also become a great friend. This has been a battle, and battles sometimes make great friendships, so it's really terrific. With our signatures today, we will formally declare the intention of our three countries to replace NAFTA with the USMCA a truly groundbreaking achievement, modern-day agreement. I want to thank U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer and his entire team for their tremendous effort and the efforts that they've made all throughout the last almost two-year period. Thank you as well to Jared Kushner, 
Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Secretary of the Treasury Steve Mnuchin, and Director Larry Kudlow for their hard work and untiring devotion throughout the negotiation process. Peter Navarro, thank you so much for the work that you put in, and so many others. The USMCA is the largest, most significant modern and balanced trade agreement in history. All of our countries will benefit greatly. It is probably the largest trade deal ever made also. In the United States, the new trade pact will support high-paying manufacturing jobs and promote greater access for American exports across the range of sectors, including our farming, manufacturing, and service industries. As part of our agreement, the United States will be able to lock in our market access to Canada and Mexico and greatly expand our agricultural exports, something we've been wanting to do for many years. This is an amazing deal for our farmers and also allows them to use cutting-edge biotechnology and eliminates non-scientific barriers. Our nations have also agreed to innovate new measures to ensure fair competition and promote high wages and higher wages for U.S. and North American auto workers. The auto workers are a tremendous beneficiary. Under the USMCA, at least 75 percent of our automobile's content must be manufactured in North America, and 40 to 45 percent of automobile content must be manufactured by North American high-wage labor in order to gain preferential access to our markets. This will help stop auto jobs from going overseas, and it will bring back auto jobs that have already left. Many, many jobs are already planning to come back. Many companies are coming back, and we're very excited about that. This landmark agreement includes intellectual property protection that will be the envy of nations all around the world. The USMCA also contains robust new provisions on digital trade and financial services and the most ambitious environmental and labor protections ever placed into a major trade agreement anywhere at any time. We have dramatically raised standards for combating unfair trade practices, confronting massive subsidies for state-owned enterprises, and currently, if you look at it, currency manipulation that hurt workers in all three of our countries. The currency manipulation from some countries is so intense, so bad, and it would hurt Mexico, Canada, and the United States badly. We've covered it very well in this agreement. These new provisions will benefit labor, technology, and development in each of our nations, leading to much greater growth and opportunity throughout our countries and across North America. In short, this is a model agreement that changes the trade landscape forever. And this is an agreement that, first and foremost, benefits working people, something of great importance to all three of us here today. President, I must say, Peña Neto and Prime Minister Trudeau, we've worked hard on this agreement. It's been long and hard. We've taken a lot of barbs and a little abuse. And we got there. It's great for all of our countries. Thank you for your close partnership throughout this process. This new agreement will ensure a future of prosperity and innovation for Mexico, Canada, and the United States. 
I look forward to working with members of Congress and the USMCA partners. And I have to say, it's been so well-reviewed, I don't expect to have very much of a problem to ensure the complete implementation of our agreement. Enrique, I want to thank you on a personal note, and I want to wish you the very best. This will be your last Here day it comes. Office, so that's a very auspicious day when you can sign something so important. But we really do appreciate it. Exactly what I was saying. I it's really important, and you get to sign it. We both agree he's a special man, and he's really done a good job. We appreciate Thank it very much. Thank you. So I just want to congratulate you on ending your term in office with this incredible milestone. It is really an incredible way to end a presidency. You don't see that happen very often. I look forward to working with President-elect Lopez Obrador for many years to come, and our relationship, I know, will be a very good one. We've had great conversations, and I think we're going to have a great, great relationship. And I would now like to invite the President and the Prime Minister to say a few words, and perhaps we can start with Justin, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you, Justin. Okay. So the President outlined to all of you, just in case you missed it, I played the whole part, which was very important. Not only did he nail down new trade agreements for our country between these two countries, but he ensured that intellectual property is maintained. That means that if we're sharing things with the Canadians or the Mexicans, or if we're building things that we're giving to the Canadians or the Mexicans, that they will honor the intellectual property that comes with that. That is a big deal because this is where we're at with China on uh, fighting with them in that respect. But he also mentioned about non-scientific boundaries uh, that will be um, overcome for our trade with these countries. And now, as you saw, he took a great job at the uh, outgoing president of Mexico. But what he said with Justin Trudeau, which um, I'm not going to play for you in French, who just kept reinforcing that this is NAFTA. Um, trust me, he just made a few tweaks on it kind of uh, tone when he explained it to it in, to, to his uh, crowd in French because he spoke both French and English. He did mention that he said, you know, we had a lot of battles with the French, with the Canadians, sorry. And... Um, we are now friends. Trump said that too, that out of battles, friends grow. Now, we need to uh, keep in mind, if any of you have access to social media, just um, scroll through pictures that they have of the summit. You will see so many pictures of world leaders looking very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. When they go around, President Xi, even Prime Minister Abe from Japan, President Trump, the Crown Prince, and Putin, things change. It's like there's a different type of air. They fear them. All of them fear them. The one thing that I would say is, if anything... 
you know, from when we were young, we could just see something and pretty much identify how we feel about it, right? You'd look at broccoli and be like, yeah, that kind of looks like a tree. I don't think I can eat trees. We're, we're good. It's all about aesthetics. They took pictures for the G20 Summit as a group. What I did notice is Lagarde, who is the puppet master for all those representatives of nations and member states that are there. She is the puppet master. She is the mouth of the IMF that controls all of these countries. Was the only one wearing white. At the top of the group, this woman in the middle. And you'll also notice that... um, Theresa May and Macron were not lifting their hand up like, hey, you know, they were kind of very, and Juncker. So they were very um, different. The picture spoke like nobody's business. I suggest people just take a look at pictures to understand what's going on. Here's another clue. Before I play this clip, and I'm going to play it a couple times, just a few seconds. Um, I want to play you a clip about what President Trump said after he had his meeting um, with Prime Minister Abe of Japan and what he said about Putin and the Ukraine. Pay attention to what he said. Ukraine. Ukraine. We don't like what happened. We're not happy about it. Nobody is. And hopefully they'll be able to settle it out soon because we look forward to meeting with President Putin. But on the basis of what took place uh, with respect to the ships and the sailors, uh, that was the sole reason. Thank you very much. So the media asked, why didn't you meet with Putin? With the Ukraine? With the Ukraine, of course. We weren't happy with the situation of him seizing ships because he was legally allowed to, right? Because if any ships entered any area of ours and didn't say who they are, what they are, and why they're passing, we would have detained them too. So President Trump began saying, yeah, yeah, the Ukraine. And if you could see... The camera spanning Bolton and Pompeo, they both, well, Pompeo smirked and Bolton's mustache wiggled. So they all knew it was coming and he said it was just that. We look forward to meeting with President Putin. You know what's going to be great? When he invites him to the United States. When President Putin and President Trump get to sit in the White House and hash it out. And I don't know if any of you saw, but the... The global cabal are losing their mind. The leftists are losing their mind because of a high five. It seemed that President Putin and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia high fived each other while laughing hysterically in front of everyone and then sat down. And I'm really, really kind of keen to put it on some groups that I'm in uh, on Facebook uh, where it's uh, small and just friends to say caption this. You know, I'm kind of thinking, wow, they're all losing their mind. Or the caption would have been like, hey, we're both the villains in this summit this year. Uh, You know, uh, who knows? The one thing is, is if you pay attention to all of them, everyone has the body language of someone that has just been spanked. Everyone looks like they've been spanked and put in the corner, except for the Prime Minister of Japan, President Xi of China, President Putin, 
the crown prince and our president, President Trump. Those are the only people that are standing tall, that are talking, and they look like they're commanding the conversation. And you know why? It's because those countries are the the big leaders and uh, contributors to the economy, which also put their countries first. Because right now, with President Trump being president of a country that was the center of the globalist expansion, throwing a wrench into that plan exposes just how dependent all of these other nation states, if you want to call them, are on each other and the United States. This is a huge issue, and I urge you guys to kind of like Google around Saudi Gazette or put um, Macron and Saudi Prince talking. I'm going to play the video. It's very far away, and I will describe to you what you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing two men really up close, kind of like in your face, no personal space, talking to each other almost to the to the fact that they're just so close they'll kiss. Okay. And so we have it, uh, you know, they're coming in and recording from the right of President Macron. He is not obviously seeing that he's being recorded, but the prince is, and he can see it. The prince, as he's talking with him, is standing tall. Macron is trying not to be very loud. He's trying to speak in a very, um, I would say, controlled manner in regards to the way he's moving his mouth so no one can see what he's saying. But we can actually hear what he's saying. So I'm going to try to put this as loud as I can, and I will tell you what you are hearing. Because I heard this, and people were like, no, 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 no. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And I will tell you, having worked around Saudis, having been to Saudi Arabia, the way the prince looked at him is like the way, uh, you know, how when someone's like super more superior than you and you're like, yeah, but, and you're pleading to them and they're like your boss and you're just like, but, but, and they're like, yeah, of course, ha ha ha, and scoffs you. This was it. So try to listen to this. I'm going to try to make it as loud as possible. Okay, here we go. So, so far, okay, so, so far, he's like telling him, you know, and it's, and he's like, yes, you told me. And it's, yes, you have told me. So, you know, the crown prince is literally like nodding. Yes, 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 you've told me. Yes, 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 you've told me. Now we come to the point where he mocks Macron. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, you hear Macron saying, I don't want to have to do that. And he puts his hands, you know, kind of like a pyramid, like, you know, and like in a pleading stance. And he goes, I know, I don't, I don't, I know, says the prince. Then, here it comes. (laughs) 
so he said, listen to me, listen to me. He goes, oh, yes, yes, sure, I will listen to you, of course, yes. He goes, no, because you listen, did you hear how close the reporter got? And that's why he went close to tell Macron, I got you on camera begging. Here we go. Here it comes again. So at that point, the prince started laughing when he noticed that he got him on hot mic camera and Macron turned his back. That's what's up in Argentina right now, guys. All these heads are coming together and they are trying to figure out how they're going to move forward. And they know they can't circumvent President Trump. They know they have to appease our president. They know that they need to yield to what he says, which is America first. He is in full control. I have a lot of sources that are in Argentina, and they've been great at um, communicating some things. The one thing that I didn't get any communication on, which I'm trying to wait on, is to see if Macri, the president of Argentina, will refuse the... um, the terms that the IMF has provided his country in order to get a loan. So um, that's something that I haven't gotten any information on. This is why I didn't publish my Argentina article, because I did get a lot of good tidbits. We do know that they're not hitting the whole climate Paris agreement thing so hard because they don't want to upset President Trump. That is what they're saying to everyone. We don't want to upset him. So we are not going to talk about that. We are not going to focus on it. We are going to let it go. We're going to have some chats about it, but that's it. Remember, that is their gravy train. And right now the U.S. has stopped providing the money, has stopped paying, and they're stuck and strapped for cash. And the IMF is not happy because the IMF is their, you know, their loan shark. (laughs) So they're in a lot of, a lot of trouble. So we have a lot of things, great things coming out of Argentina. But we also have a lot going on here in the United States, right? There's a lot going on in the intelligence community. People are running scared. Suddenly, you know, um, recommendations for... Uh, investigations are flying around. We're seeing uh, Clapper and Brennan pretty much on the offensive. They're being loud. You know, we suddenly saw John Podesta come out of the cracks and start talking. I mean, do they really want Julian Assange to come here to the United States to court? I don't think so. And this is why my Comey has filed a suit to disallow a closed-door hearing. Do you know why? Because in a closed-door hearing, we're not allowed to listen to anything factual. We are only allowed to listen to part of the conversation because it's classified. It's classified. So if Comey comes out to testify so that everybody can grab their popcorn and watch, nothing will come of it. This is why we need it behind closed doors. We need it with all these clowns that have clearances to hear things so that questions can be candidly, you know, put forward and answered. 
If it's in front of cameras and the whole nation, Comey will not be able to speak. But I ask of you, all of you, Comey is one of the biggest bullies around. He bullied President Bush. He bullied him with Mueller together back in the early 2000s. All of you have already forgotten about that. I was a young woman then, very young, and I knew about it. I paid attention to it. So where are all of you pundits that are pushing 50 that lived through that more so? Because I was actually, you know, I had uh, just joined the military a little bit before it happened. So I was like, I wasn't even stateside. So, and I still followed it. So why isn't everyone paying attention to who Comey and Mueller are? Why isn't everyone focusing? Why isn't the media focusing? Well, why would, why would Comey want an open thing? Because he wants to sell his book. Because then he gets to go on TV again and become relevant and start tweeting and talking and saying a whole bunch of nothing because nobody's clear to actually know what happened. But don't worry, there's people like me and other journalists out there that will tell the world what happened. That's how it's going to happen. That's how we're going to find out. Just like we didn't find out about the full IG report that was done on Mueller back in 2004, in 2003, 4, 5. We only knew a portion of it, of 3,000, at least 3,000 violations against U.S. law, against U.S. citizens. I'll be continuing this after the break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 729-78. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com I am trying to find that clip of where Pompeo said that the crown prince had nothing to do with the murder. Can you hold on? Let's see if we can find this. Let's see. You know, the administration, Secretary Madison, myself, uh, that passing a resolution at this point undermines that. It would encourage the Houthis. It would encourage the Iranians. It would. It would undermine the fragile agreement for everyone to go to. Uh, Sweden and have this discussion. So we hope uh, that they'll consider that, be thoughtful in how they proceed, and we're happy to give them further information if they uh, should so choose. Secretary Pompeo. Hold on, where is it? He undermines said, that. It would encourage the Houthis. He said that there was no. US envoy Martin Griffiths to. We made clear uh, that they're considering debating a resolution on the Senate in Yemen and U.S. policy with respect to the. Okay, well, I'm not going to have you guys go back and forth with me on this, but he specifically said that after hearing all the evidence, listening to the audio, reading the transcripts, all of them, they've concluded that there is nothing that points definitively that the crown prince of Saudi Arabia killed him or ordered to kill him. But yet, what we're seeing uh, from the mainstream media now all over the press is how, you know, he's a murderer and we need to talk Khashoggi at the summit and we need to do this. And I've actually found on Twitter, I've seen people saying, you know, oh, you know, he's a murderer of Khashoggi. U.S. intelligence agency said so. And it's like, um, stop. The secretary of state already gave you the conclusion of the CIA. Even though Gina Haspel's nowhere to be found. Where's Gina? Where's Gina? Right, guys? So he already told them there is no evidence that the crown prince did this. Yet, for some reason, the fake news is constantly pandering and peddling and repeating and regurgitating how the U.S. intelligence agencies have concluded that the crown prince did it. So... 
let's pretend he did. Let's pretend he did. Okay. Let's pretend that he killed them. That he set the order and killed them. Even though they are immensely rich, their toilets are made out of solid gold. And yet they would make sure to murder a man, right? Where there is CCTV camera footage, where people are around because they couldn't pay to have people incognito, even children spy on him so they can get him by himself, right? They couldn't make a plane he was in, boom, disappear, right? Because they don't have the money for that. Like I've said before, the Saudis have so much money, they can buy every single member state of the European Union right now. Like right now, if they had, you know, which they do, so many billion on the side, they could buy the country of Greece and say, hey, IMF, here's their debt. I'm paying for it. Now you guys all belong to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia if they wanted to, right? Because they can. Because that's how insanely rich they are. You know, when you're waiting for your paycheck for a dollar, that's his toilet paper. So this is how rich they are. And there is no way that they would be this messy. No way. Incredible. No way. So anybody that wants to believe that this Khashoggi thing is a real thing. Okay. Let's pretend they killed him. Because I guarantee you they've killed tons of people that we've not even seen or heard about because they're that rich. So, uh, you know, so they can cover up and buy the best. They even buy our own people. But anyway, another story, right? That's another story. So let's stick to this. So let's pretend that, yes, indeed, they killed Khashoggi. They murdered him. And his Apple Watch that didn't have 4G capabilities synced up with his iPhone somehow and transmitted because I own an iWatch. So I'm just like, that doesn't happen. But okay, let's pretend all of that happened. Are we really going to change our policies to what benefits my pocket and your pocket because they took out their own citizen. And that's where someone says, "Mm, yeah, because it's a matter of principle. Well, okay. So for a matter of principle, we're going to say that our country that has, you know, over 350 million people will suffer because of that action they did. That's their business because they're given because we need them to win this war on global socialism that's what you're going to say no you're not you're going to be like you know what let's just mind our business what happened to not being nosy it's great to you know like the whole thing says hands across america hands across the world i'm there let's help but not at our expense You know, there's a lot of people that see moms. I remember after having my second child, I would go into, um, I'll call it an office for now. And they'd be like, you look tired. And I was like, I have the kids. And one of them just started this school and, you know, they're transferring me here and I have to pack and I have to do this. And they were like, you need to look after yourself before you can look after others. So we tell that to parents. We tell that to moms. Grab a bottle of wine. Go get your nails done. Get a massage. Recharge. Fill up your pockets before you go and help someone else. I mean, people usually volunteer. 
and give out of their own pocket when they're okay. You don't see someone that's dying going to volunteer. You don't see someone that has no power at their house because they couldn't pay the bill to go and hand that over to, I don't know, some shelter. You need to look after yourself because if you're not well, then you can't help and people cannot rely on you. So the United States is like that. If we are not well as a country and our own citizens can't rely on us to provide for them, why are we providing for other people? Why are we making others, other people's problems our problems? It's like that teen drama you see in school. They, your kid may have no problem whatsoever, but they bring into their life XYZ's problem, you know, ABCDE's problem. That's an Absidy's number, um, a problem. You know, they just all come in and everyone's stressed for other people. We need to take a breath right here and think. What we're doing right now is taking a break. We're taking a break from their drama. We're trying to collect ourselves and cut off areas where we're bleeding money, where we're spreading ourselves way too thin, and where we don't have to do that anymore. Because our country should come first. Our veterans that are out on the street are more important than the people that are sleeping on the streets in India. And people are going to say, that's super cruel. Who are you to judge? You're right. It sounds very cruel. But the truth be said, if I can't fix my own people, what makes you think in the future I can help them? Because if I'm sparingly using my resources to different places, I will not make a difference anywhere. That's the way it is. And for some, you know, I am one of those first gen millennials, right? I grew up when the computers just started coming into homes and video games were invented. I had the first iPhone, you know, I I mean, I was conditioned to think like that. What makes us think that we're better than someone else? And it's not about that. It's about thinking it correctly. We have to relearn how we think things. Even in, in church, when you read, you need to, it, 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 the Bible even tells you that you need to take care of you in order to be taking care of the other. You can't just give, give, give and expect to make a difference. You can't. You have to first be able to stand tall before you can bend over and, you know, help someone else. Because if you're bending over and you can't stand your ground, you're going to topple over too. And this is all part of the conditioning we have been going through to throw logic out the window, throw science out the window, and just move with emotions and feelings without thinking clearly. How can we tell other countries what to do when our country is crumbling? We owe trillions. 
we are so discombobulated in the way we operate. We have government within the government within the government. We have, you know, we're scolding other people about corrupt politicians and owning this. And it's like, man, the only reason you could see that they have corrupt politicians in other countries is because it's less populated and you could see it easily here. You can't because what they hide, they're masqueraded. There's so many of them and who's going to cover it first. I mean, you could see that Italy has corrupt politicians and that's because it's a small country and they have a handful of mainstream media outlets and they cover, you know, uh, the land mass of, you know, a small portion of our country. Greece, for example, is smaller than the state of North Dakota. Of course we're going to find out their dirty doings. So, you know, people need to understand that our country's health as a country operating is really not good. It is on life support. Because they are trying to ensure that we sparingly use our resources to help everyone else. That's the message. We need to help everyone. We need to open our borders. We need to help, you know, give everyone money, pay everyone's NATO fee, send our ships, send our troops, you know, and it's like, hold on, but why isn't anybody else doing this? It's kind of like how Mexico asked for international aid to pay for all these illegal immigrants that came into their country because they don't want to use their taxpayer money. And I'm thinking, well, hold on a second. Mexico can ask for international. Well, why haven't we asked for international aid? We've got tons of these guys in here. The point is, is that that's the way they've conditioned us to be bleeding hearts and not looking after ourselves. It's all about putting the other person first. You put the other person first as long as you can stand. As a country, we cannot stand. We are not fiscally healthy yet. This is what President Trump is trying to do. And he realized that these trade agreements were like the vampire sucking our blood and decided no more. He said, I need to fix the health of my country. Build our military right now. We need to build our military. Biggest militaries around right now is China and Russia. I mean, Russia's not looking to pick a fight anytime soon with us. No way. They want to be friends with us. They're a nuclear superpower. They are huge in regards to landmass. Okay? They're like, you know, half of the, the, the continent of Asia. So, you know, people need to be realistic when they say things and and look at things. People need to pay attention that right now, the way the uh, geopolitical, I wouldn't say geopolitical, let's just say on the global scale, let's pretend we're all standing on the moon and looking down, okay? We can see Saudi Arabia has the most oil and gas on the planet, We can see Russia has a big chunk of it too, and it takes up a big portion of the planet too. We've got China that's highly dense with tons of people, and then Japan, well, I don't know, they just make really good appliances, right? (laughs) They're really good, right? They're, They're just like the Chinese, only more, I don't know, 22nd century, I would like to say. And then we have the United States. 
who is this mishmash country of so many people that is constantly producing. It's like it's peddling and peddling and peddling and it's getting nowhere. As a country, our economy has been stagnant for 30 years. Immigrants were coming here and pouring in in the 60s and the 70s legally because there were jobs. People were optimistic. Things were moving up. People were talking about portable phones and then they started appearing cars, which I've always wondered, like, that was super weird, like, with the cord. But, you know, this is, we've been stagnant and yet we're pedaling and pedaling and pedaling like on this treadmill that is not doing anything we're not going anywhere and suddenly this big power the united states that's powered by 350 million people that are diverse right because they're not 350 million chinese people that are conditioned to think one way act one way follow laws one way be culturally created one way this is 350 million people from 350 million different walks of life which means we have the potential to be incredible so we as a massive nation realizing we're stagnant have decided to compete with them. And those countries, Saudi Arabia, the richest, Russia, the second richest, because remember, Russia is the only country on the planet that has a surplus. That means they have money sitting in a bank. They don't owe anybody. They don't have to pay any loans. Even Saudi Arabia has loans, even though they have money because they're sitting on oil right? They're sitting on it. They haven't taken it out. They still get loans. China has loans. The United States has loans. God knows the European Union does. So Russia is the most financially stable country on the planet at the moment. Financially stable, right? Because even though the Saudis have all this oil and all this unlimited money, they still need to pour resources in to pull the oil, right? Okay. China is rich, but they have debt. They have a problem in regards to population, right? Um, They're not really developing a lot of the land they own, um, but they are the highest in population. So remember, most rich in natural resources, richest in financial stability. Then we have China, the richest in population. Then we have Japan. I would say the richest in innovation because they take a lot of what American, you know, drive has. They have a more diversified look, but they focus a lot more in technology. They're very good at that and and pulling from the Chinese type culture of the discipline they need for it. And hence probably why they excel so well. So then we have these powers and then here comes the United States that is the broke barefoot giant that you want to train it's kind of what it was that movie with Sandra Bullock and and that big guy that she adopted that was an amazing football player so that's us we're the barefoot giant that could become the biggest star there is and you know no one's discovered us and President Trump has now discovered us let's just picture it that way so all these nations with their strengths our strength is the diversity 
is pulling from all the countries that don't want this to happen, that don't want competition, that don't want individualism, that don't want people to embrace their individualism. Because isn't it all about being individual, being strong, being proud of where you're from, being proud of who you are? That's what these other countries that have these distinct um, personas, let's say, on the planet depict. And so we have the United States that's just this this potential that if unlocked correctly with all this diversity can do all the things people with their fifis being hurt can do. It can catapult science and technology into 20 millennia ahead. And it can uh, create a workforce and a structure where everyone is happy because people are getting rewarded for working. That's what's missing now. Back in the from the fifties to the eight to the to I would say the mid seventies, right? If you worked, you made a fortune because you wanted to work and you did it. Now you can work like nobody's business, and you will not have two pennies to rub together. This is what we need. We need people to feel that they're productive, not just producing. There's people that have three jobs and still can't make ends meet. Whereas in the 60s, if you had three jobs, you would be rubbing elbows with people like Trump. So this is where we're at. We have these superpowers that are like, man, no, I don't want to share. I want to build my own country. I want my own people to excel. I want to send people to Mars. I want to colonize outside or, I don't know, make underwater things. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia. They created their own islands. And then China was like, I'm jealous. I'm doing it too. Like, why aren't we doing these things? Because we don't have money because we're giving it to everyone else. Why aren't we investing in our country? Why aren't we doing something awesome? Because we're too busy giving it away to everybody else because we want to make it a better world. You can't make it a better world if you're not strong enough to do it. And what we need to do is with the help of these superpowers, realize our potential and make other countries realize their potential and bring it back to when Every country had their own identity. When you would go to Paris, you would have croissants and, you know, um, uh, meat on a stick stuck in a baguette. And that's like the Greek version, the French version of souvlaki. I mean, I used to go to France and it was France. It's not France now. It's not Paris. Italy, Rome has been destroyed. Like all these places are destroyed. They don't look like what they were. They existed to be themselves. And now it's like we're telling everyone it's not good enough to be yourself. You just need to be like everyone else. And we see this on in 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 everything. That if you're proud of who you are, proud of who you come from, it's bad. And this is how they're conditioning us. They're conditioning us to not be proud of ourselves, not focus on our individualism, not focus on our heritage or background or knowledge or culture or anything, and just give, give, give so that we can all equally share. And in the end, we will all be sharing nothing. Because very few people will have control of everything and they will tell us what we can share. So they will give us a loaf of bread and then say, now you can share that bread because that's the right thing to do. 
and that's called slavery. But I'm just saying this is where we need to pay attention. Pay attention to that this has been going on for a while. Realize that we have been conditioned to think like this. We need to start looking after ourselves, not because we don't like other people, not because we don't feel bad that people are renting sidewalk space in India to sleep on, but that's been going on for 15 years and it still hasn't been fixed. Why? Because no one can afford to fix it. Why? Because their countries are in shambles and the Saudis aren't just going to hand out money. Neither are the Russians. Neither will America anymore. We're not going to be giving money so everybody gets a dollar rather than focusing on every problem, you know, one at a time. We need to focus on every problem one at a time. But in order to focus on anything, we need to focus on us. We need to rejuvenate us because we're the mom that just gave birth and no one and and she's not looking after herself. The United States is not looking after herself. She's spreading herself thin economically. Okay. Right. (laughs) Not like literally. And then to think of it, if we're spreading ourselves thing, you know, financially, just handing it out to everyone and allowing people to just take advantage of us and not give back to us, you know, it makes you think like these clowns that are elected in office, like what are they doing? They have their exquisite, you know, salaries and housing and, you know, uh, gym memberships and dinners and flights and everything. And we get nothing and they sit there and they're selling us out. Like, what are these clowns doing? Taking orders. That's what they're doing. And who's giving these orders? And that's what we're going to be finding out very soon. I, I'm really hoping that President Trump surprises us for Christmas. There's a lot of people saying, oh, December 5th, December 5th. You know, I can say, I don't know if December 5th, but I can tell you that in my hands, I have a document that's not due to be declassified, obviously redacted where it needs to be. It's not set to be declassified until the 31st of December, 2041. And guess who signed it? Loretta Lynch. And in what month? 2017 January. So stay tuned. There will be a lot of news coming from that. For me today, it's been a great day, you know, watching our president, watching him, uh, pretty much dominate Argentina along with these giants that we've been conditioned to think are, are, are enemies. They're not. Saudi Arabia doesn't hate us, but I can tell you something. Saudi Arabia loathes Macron, loathes the EU and Canada. So these countries, Russia, Saudi Arabia, China, and Japan, they're not our friends, but they're our allies in a a common cause to ensure that we maintain our identities as countries. We maintain our sovereignty and borders and continue in the road of prosperity that's stagnant. Well, tomorrow will be exciting. So I can't wait. Until then, I wish you guys to be healthy, happy, have a fabulous it's not tomorrow it's monday have a happy weekend oh my gosh it's almost christmas love it good night all